podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello and welcome back to episode 196 of the Dishonomics podcast. Wow, 196 episodes. Jesus Christ. I hope you tuned into last week's episode. I discussed national debt, what it is, should we worry, what is the state of our public finances and how does it work. So we hear a lot about the government's borrowing, the government spending so much in the pandemic. That kind of gives you more information and can provide you a bit more knowledge. So when you hear these stories whizzing around the town, you know what is up. Of course, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. No YouTube this week, but we'll be back next week. But subscribe youtube.com for Dysonomics for videos. There's gonna be some more cool stuff coming up there as well. Of course, Patreon. Patreon people is on a short hiatus, but I got stuff for you this week. And yeah, I think that's about it in terms of announcements. Um, I hope everybody is staying safe and preparing for April the 12th. We need to hit the gyms, baby. Non-essential shops will be opening. So hopefully, there's going to be some good retail activity going and people can stay in their jobs and do you know what I mean? We start to move towards normality. Now, this week's episode is simply about Yeezy, 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 Yeezy. Kanye West was dubbed the richest black man in American history earlier this week. So we're going to go into that. Is he the richest black man in America? Is he the richest black man in American history? How is net worth calculated? How does it work? And we're going to look into the story of Kanye himself. So yeah, let's get it cracking. Hi, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. lit. Yo, people, welcome back to another episode of Dysonomics podcast. And this week we are discussing Kanye West. Is he in fact the richest black man in America? Now, Dysonomics listeners know I like to go through things methodically. And it's best to start with how net worth works. We always hear the word, somebody so-and-so is worth this amount, so-and-so is worth that amount. What does this mean? Net worth is very simple. Net worth is essentially the value of assets a personal corporation owns minus the liabilities that they owe. So your assets will be things such as your bank, the money in your bank accounts, securities, so that is financial products, I mean, like whether it be stocks and shares or whatever, ETS, whatever, bonds, properties, and also like even your clothing, the mark, the market value of your clothing, your jewelry, and your cars, your automobile, shall I say, are assets. Some people believe a car isn't an asset. It is an asset. It just depreciates. Often, well, most cars depreciate over time. Your liabilities, also known as debt, Includes your mortgage, your credit cards, balances, student loans, car loans, just the money that you owe. So you take the total amount of your assets, you minus them, your liabilities, and that is your net worth value. Now there's a thing called, there's a thing that we do called the net worth method to kind of give you a bit more, and that's what accountants tend to do to kind of drill into somebody's net worth. And how you get to this is first you have a net worth minus the value, oh, first of all, your net worth, when you look at net worth, you tend to minus minus the value of your primary residence if we're looking at 
high net worth individuals. So some people may have bought, purchased a house in like Brixton or Shoreditch or some parts of West London that in the 70s, 80s, 90s for relatively low amounts before gentrification really hit and now these houses are worth more than a million pounds. That doesn't necessarily qualify them as a high net worth individual. So if you have a high net worth minus a value for primary residence of at least $1 million or pounds, either alone or together with a spouse, you, well, let's take America, $1 million, either alone or with a spouse, you are accredited, you are an accredited, accredited investor in the eyes of the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, and you're permitted to invest in unregistered security offerings, so stocks that are private, security offerings that are private. So high net worth individuals tend to be people with a lot of money, millionaires is the name of the game now what is a net worth method so is that kind of an indirect balance sheet approach to estimate your net worth on two different dates to detect if there's any income derived from unknown or unreported sources so if you take your net worth on the 1st of january and you look at it on the 1st of june and then you see if there's any if there's any different different um differences sorry i don't know why i can't speak today apologies people and you have to see, okay, cool. What is, where is this difference coming from? Is it due to some sources of income that's not been reported or is it from something that's been unknown? You have to calculate the open and closing net worth using cost and fair market value. Fair market value refers to the price of both parties are transacting and they agree independently. So if you have, I don't know, a car, you who who owns the car and you're looking to sell and let's say me who's looking to buy the car independently the value that we agree on that's what you call the fair market value so the net worth method goes like this first of all you calculate your net worth so your assets minus your liabilities as we mentioned before that gives you net worth then you calculate your net worth increase so that's your current net worth minus your net worth previously so remember i said Let's say you so you have your first of June net worth minus your first of January net worth, and that works out as the net worth increase. And if you add your net worth increase plus your living expenses, that becomes your income. And your income minus funds from known source equal funds from unknown source. So this is how they calculate things and how they get to the figures that we see. Now, one thing that's tricky about net worths is that not everything is out in the open. For example, Apple, Google, Manchester United, Nike, Tesla, these are companies that are listed on the stock exchange. They're publicly listed companies. You can buy stocks in these companies. So you can quickly ascertain their value by simply multiplying the amount of outstanding shares by the price of their shares. So if there's a, so if this economics went public, this economics PLC, we have 100 million outstanding shares and each share is worth $1. That means my company's worth $100 million. Very simple. And you could be pretty accurate in your valuation of that company. However, private companies, they don't report their financials publicly and there's no public stock listing on the exchange. They just don't come out and say, yo, here's how my company did, here's our financial statements and put it out in public. They don't do that. So how, so going to, so comparing, I mean, so valuing a private company is relatively tricky. You kind of have to do a lot of estimation and assumptions. So you could compare, you could use compare analysis approach, which is where you look at similar companies. So with this economics, let's say we look at, I don't know, um, Making Sense podcast, fantastic podcast. Um, Capital Moments, fantastic platform. Like 
the last three digits. Make sure you check that out. Maybe look at how they're doing and then you can say, okay, cool. Based on how they're doing, we can have a certain a, a estimate of how Dysonomics is. You can also do use finders from private companies, closest public competitors, to determine its value by, by EBITDA. Earnings before interest, tax distribution and amortization. So you look at, so let's say a public company that's competing with me, I don't know, let's say BBC, for example. I get really big and now I'm out there banging with BBC. Not BBC, uh, maybe Bloomberg or wherever. Whatever companies probably says, I don't even know which news corporations are public listed. And then you look at how they're doing and you say, okay, cool. Based on them, I can kind of estimate what Dysonomics is doing. You can determine its value by obviously looking at the earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. There's also a thing called discounted cash flow method, which requires estimates of the revenue growth of a private firm by gathering the growth, the, the revenues of growth rates of similar companies. So again, looking at how all the other competitors are growing, and then you kind of average out their growth rate, then you could kind of work. Yeah, okay, cool. Like this is probably what his revenue is moving around. So it is really a lot of guesswork, a lot of estimations, a lot of assumptions. Valuation, of course, is important to the business, so you know, it's like, but it's also important to investors. So if I wanted to invest in a business, I kind of need to know its valuation so I know what price I'm willing to pay and then I can calculate my profit or loss. One on one tricky thing with comparing and um, with um, valuing private companies when you're, of course, comparing to other companies, a one-time event may really impact a company's um performance and that could sway the valuation of a private company so let's say for example i have um i have a farming agricultural company and a flipping this is very random but a meteor hits our main base that's going to impact the valuation of our of my company but that's a one-time event that's not indicative that's not meteors that ain't going to be licking down my farm all the time so if he's comparing my farm to another farm you can't really say that, that, and that farm is a private farm. You can't really say, oh yeah, that private farmer's probably value has gone down for 70%. They, because my company went down 70% because of me at him. It doesn't really make sense. I hope I'm making sense. If I don't, you people know you can't ask question. An example of this in practice is Kylie Cosmetics. So in late November, 2019, Kylie Jenner, uh, um, the owner of Kylie's Cosmetics sold, Kylie's cos sold 51% stake. So she's still, retains 49% stake in Kylie Cosmetics to Coty, a larger cosmetics company for $600 million in late 2019, around November, 2019. So by that, by a quick, all it takes is a bit of quick mass. You could be like, yo, this means that Kylie Cosmetics is worth over a billion dollars. If she sold 50, just over 50% of it for $600 million, that means do you know what I mean? Her, the, remain, the remainders of her shares are approximately $600 million, let alone her other stuff. So Kylie's a billionaire, surely. Well, Cotty is a public traded company. So with public traded companies, they have shareholders, which they have a duty to give shareholders information on the performance of their company. So there's public, there's information on, a, on, a, on the company's financials that are often made public. So based on new information provided by Cotty, and also the impact of COVID-19 on beauty stocks and of course, consumer spending. People are less likely to be spending on, on Fenty and all these type of things in a global pandemic because people are losing jobs and trying to, all that type of stuff. Forbes now thinks after 
even after taking home $340 million approximately after tax, Kylie Jenner still isn't probably a billionaire. Information shows that 12 months of Kylie Cosmetics revenue preceding uh, the deal was $177 million, which is lower than the published estimates at the time. So let's say, wait, hold on. $177 million. You lot have been saying that you lot have been having mad revenues in that, even double this. Cotty says sales were up 40% from 2018 to 2019, meaning that they generated $125 million. These times, the Jenners led Forbes to believe that it was more than double that. It was around $360 million in revenue. If Kali Cosmetics did $125 million in sales in 2018, how could it possibly have done $307 million in 2016? Or $330 million in 2017? as the company's supposed tax returns implied. So this is the difficulty with valuing private companies. There's basically, um, Forbes are saying that Kylie Jenner and then put bare Maggie on their financials and severely overvalued their company. Over, white lies in valuations of companies are a standard practice, but they're saying that this is wild. Now, to Kanye. According to an article published by Bloomberg, looking at Kanye's work with Gap, mainly, Kanye West is now alleged the richest black man in United States history with a reporting net worth of $6.6 billion. It's a lot of money. Yeezy, Kanye West's sneak and apparel business with Adidas, as well as Gap, is valued at $4.7 billion by UBS according to a private document reviewed by Bloomberg. So Bloomberg sources, they got a private document from the bank and that kind of looked at what the bank thinks Yeezy with Yeezy Adidas and Yeezy Gap is looking like. These new figures signal that Gap expects Ye its Yeezy line, which it plans to launch in July 2021, to break $150 million in sales in its first full year in 2022. I would be surprised about that Yeezy, just the hype around Yeezy is too mad. Gap envisions it becoming a billion-dollar revenue brand within eight years, with an upside in sales of exceeding one billion dollars as soon as 2023. That's what the documents say. So this is what they're forecasting. Now, if you look at Yeezy Adidas, sales in Adidas Yeezy sneakers remained resilient through the pandemic. It grew 31% to nearly 1.7 billion in annual revenue last year, and netting Yeezy 191 million in royalties, according to the document. And if you're looking at an unaudited balance sheet of West Finances, so a a bank, I mean, not a bank, a accountancy practice such as K, KPMG or Deloitte or Ernest & Young or PwC, etc., haven't come and looked at and confirmed this via audit, but an audited balance sheet of Kanye West Finances provided to his lawyers, include, provided by his lawyers, includes another $122 million in cash and stock, more than $1.7 billion of assets, including a significant investment in Skims, Kim's Connections underwear label. Kanye West's entire music catalogue is worth about $110 million, according to 2022 valuation by Val Valentium Group. So, they say, yo, if we look at, devaluation of Yeezy Alias and Yeezy Gap, that's about $4.7 billion. Now adding $1.7 billion, $1 billion from other assets, Kanye's looking at $6.6 billion. It's very interesting because 
you don't it's very difficult to work out exactly how Adidas eats off Yeezy because Kanye owns 100% of Yeezy and when that deal was announced the details of that deal has been literally kept watertight there's been real no leaks of the financial of that deal so UBS um, who prepared the document in February said that the sneaker business was growing at a staggering clip so there's there's they, they believe that yeah, things will keep rising. And there is more further credence for this level of optimism because um, arrival of Yeezy, Nike, of course, in December, they said they expect revenues in the fiscal year of 2021 to rise at a low teens percentage year over year. So they expect double digit growth in 2021. So the bank are saying there's no reason that Yeezy's growth won't continue to be substantial. However, Forbes completely disagree. They say that Yeezy Gap has yet to sell anything. Of course, it's meant to drop in July. They haven't sold anything, so how can you say he's now worth X amount? There's no product yet. Also, the 1.7 billion other assets hasn't been detailed. So what are these other assets? Forbes estimate that he's worth $1.8 billion in their estimates, and they claim that the bank have made a lot of assumptions. So as I said previously when it comes to private company all you can do really is make assumptions and estimates based on the performance of others as i said ubs were talking about what they've seen nike um, estimates so they and nike is of course a competitor to yeezy so they're lining up i believe yeezy gap is i'll be surprised if yeezy gap doesn't do really well because of the power the cultural power of yeezy and the hype beast nature i'll be shocked if they don't do really well so force may be made to eat their words so that is how Yeezy's doing, and it's doing a lot. Um, before I go into who the richest is, one thing is very important: net worth doesn't literally mean. So if you have, so if Kanye, if you say Kanye West has a net worth of six point six billion dollars, that doesn't mean he has six point six billion dollars in his Monzo account to spend at any time. That's just a total valuation of his assets minus whatever he owes in debt liabilities. Now, what you can actually touch is when you want to talk about cash you have readily ready at readied readily access to that's what is liquid and the most liquid thing is cash of course because you actually have it right down your bank accounts and stocks because you can sell stocks to a broker get your money and boom and kanye has a very very strong liquid amount so 122 million dollars in cash and stocks that's crazy so think about 120 so he Technically, he has readily access to 122 million just to buy anything. So maybe that's a nice way to put it. But everything else is in assets and whatnot. Now, who is the richest black man in the world? A wise man, a wise man once said, Dangote, Dangote. Amazing. I've been listening to that song a lot. Dangote. Big tycoon from Nigeria. He's worth an estimated $11.5 billion due to cement and sugar. Um, all these readings are coming from visualcapitalist.com, by the way. Um, number two is Mike Adenuga. Again, Nigeria. Come on, Nigeria, no, don't, don't carry last. $6.1 billion. So a significant drop-off between Dangote and his um, number two. His wealth is derived from telecom and oil. Of course, Nigeria, big oil nation. Robert F. Smith, he's the he is indeed according to numbers right now, officially the richest black man in America. Um, 
$5.2 billion. He's private equity, so that's finance. Um, Adola Samad Rabu, apologies if I pronounced the second name wrong. Again, from Nigeria, $4.8 billion, cement and sugar, similar to Dangote. Um, David Stewart completes the top five, $3.7 billion, IT provider. The richest black woman still remains Oprah Winfrey at approximately $2.8 billion. It's mad that Dan Gotte, if you combine the, uh, the second and, no, the third and fourth richest men in the world, according to this metric, they still don't make up Dan Gotte. So he's, he's really doing his bits. So yeah, people. So it's difficult to say if Kanye West is now the richest black man in American history, because of course, um, Gap haven't stopped moving products yet. But I would not be surprised once Gap does start moving products and you combine that with with Yeezy, I don't see how it how it will be unfathomable for Kanye to pass Robert F. Smith in the next couple of years. But that's something to watch out for. Any questions, of course, hello at thisonomics.com. Collaborations or sponsorships or ads, hello at thisonomics.com. You can hit me on the DMs, underscore nomics on Twitter, thisonomics pod on Instagram. And of course, until next week, peace and blessings. Bow. Sports Social Podcast Network.